Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Business Radio X. This is GACC South Unplugged, a transatlantic conversation with CEO Matthias Hoffman. I am your moderator, Roger Manus. Welcome to the show. Hi, Matthias. How are we? Hey, Roger. Fantastic. <laughs> great weather here in Atlanta. Great guests here. And summer's around the corner. You can see that outside, right? So, yes. You do have a great view from your GACC South offices here in Midtown Atlanta. But introduce our guest, please, sir. Absolutely. So we have Kosten Ullmann with us today, CEO of the Gilder Brewery in Hanover, but also in Charlotte, North Carolina. So, you know, summer is here. Uh, we're having our regular tables, our German Stammtische, another word for you to learn in German, right? <laughs> and what would be a better moment than having a transatlantic talk about beer in the US <laughs> and in Germany here? So, Carsten, thank you very much for coming. Welcome. Yeah, thank you very much for having the chance to be here. Okay, I, I certainly feel overwhelmed because I'm sitting with two, two uh, Germans talking about beer. <laughs> so you guys are experts, <laughs> right? Indeed. indeed. <laughs> so uh, tell me a little bit about, about your business. I know I'm going to mispronounce it. G-I-L-D-E is pronounced. Yeah, it's, we call it it's Gilde in German, and Gilde. it's the German word for a guild, a okay. guild of brewers, which was the origin of the business. Okay, yeah, I, I went to your website and a uh, long history, right? You guys have been around forever, hundreds of years. Not forever, but, but quite a while. So we started 1546. Oh that's 250 years before the foundation of the U.S., right? <laughs> yes, that's, that's, that's a while, yes. Um, so have you been with them the whole time? No, <laughs> <laughs> no I've been with a predecessor, too. Yeah. Uh, well, that, well, that's just amazing because and I, another thing, you know, we mentioned this about being an American. Uh, you know, I've been to Europe before, and everything is so Lots of things are so old. Streets are old because, you know, European civilization is so much older than American civilization. But I digress. Um, so 475 years, but uh, now in Charlotte, what what brought you to the U.S. and specifically to Charlotte? Yeah, so so we've been, we're a German brewing group um, yeah. and we've been quite successful in exporting to many countries in the world and of course the US market one of the biggest beer markets in the world and a and a market which found its way from let's say a very few products to a creative scene delivering more variety in beers so we found that the time is there to go to the US and we tried to export and it didn't go very well and we were not satisfied with this outcome so we found uh, or tried to find a way to to get into the market we analyzed the market and we saw that as a brewery you have to be local at least uh, to a certain degree and so we we looked for the right place we figured that the southeast uh, is a good good place for us uh, to be and we had had three three main reasons to choose charlotte one, uh, Charlotte is a beer city. There are many breweries, so people are very much aware of uh, quality of beer, of varieties of beer. Um, so they are open to, to try new things. Second, there is a strong link with Germany. There is, uh, I don't know the exact number, but in the bigger area, it's more than 200 German companies, uh, which bring a good basis. Also, not only the Germans working there, but everybody who has connections to Germany is more open to uh, to the brewery. And then we have a historical link, which finally made it an obligation to go to Charlotte, because 
222 years after our brewery was established, a little city in North Carolina was named after our queen, after Queen Charlotte. And not many people know this, but she was a German princess and she married uh, George III and became Queen of England, but not only Queen of England, but Queen of Hanover. And at this time, this was small kingdoms in Germany. So she was actually the Queen of Hanover uh, at the time when Charlotte was named after her, but she didn't bring her beer and we... We corrected this kind of now. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, from the GACC South perspective, uh, Charlotte being home to so many German companies is, is certainly pleasing to you, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We're doing a lot over there. We have our, our little branch office and chapter structure in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're actually going just two days later after that podcast. We'll have our big annual conference there, our SME Business Development Conference. And yeah, more than 200 co companies, German companies in the region and Our New Year's reception this year, we held it at the fantastic brewery, Gilde. When you are, when you were researching and doing analysis of uh, beer, what what's your competition uh, here? Is it the big American brands, or is it um, other other uh, beers based from different countries? Um, of course, it's it's always. You know, I have competition from different fields. Right. But how I see the, the U.S. beer market it is that after many years of, uh, let's say, a few dominant players only in the market, you had this craft beer revolution, which uh, changed the view on beer. And I would say like every revolution, this was excessive. And you have a lot of uh, good beers coming out of this, but also a lot of, um, I would say, very... Um, fancy uh, fancy beers and my feeling is that now the wish for a high quality craft uh, beer with a consistent quality especially over a long time is there that people uh, love it so of course our first competition I would say is the, the, the big standard beer brands and then uh, every other brewery is is a uh, competition but also somebody who is bringing customers to beer yeah, so we, we also try to attract customers from from other uh, other products other liquids um, to drink more beer beer is something which you can can consume in a group in a very friendly nice atmosphere that's also what we try to establish in Gilda to to have it a, as a fun place to have beer together We call it Geselligkeit in Germany, so that or Gemütlichkeit, that you sit together and celebrate as one, not family per family or group per group. You mentioned, you, you use the term craft beer. So explain to me what that means. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Because craft beer from a German perspective means nothing. Really? Because every German beer is craft beer from what, what we see. And, and craft beer is something which was created as a, as a new denomination for beers, I believe, when Boston Brewing Corporation uh, started uh, with Sam Adams and this product. So what it means is that you go away from highly industrialized production. This could be an idea, but most of the craft brewers have a highly industrialized production anyhow today. So it's I think it's the... Uh, level of production you might have and still being considered a craft brewer as millions of barrels. So it's uh, it's not these small, bigger home breweries uh, which are craft breweries. I for for myself, my my uh, 
definition of a craft brewer is somebody who loves beer, who is uh, producing it also to to create a good atmosphere, to create a let's say a group of customers which uh, speak about beer, which come because of the beer, not just drink it because they are thirsty, but they they have a see a better a bigger meaning in it. It's interesting you mention that because people. The people who love beer, like you're describing it, they talk about the various flavors and nuance that's available, and you tend to not hear about what the mass, you know, the mass American brands that might you can pick up at the grocery store or convenience store or whatever. But you're saying amount of volume has nothing to do with it because craft can be sold mass. That's 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 your business model, right? Is to sell as many of these as you can, even though it by American standards would be considered craft. Am I phrasing that correctly? Um. I would say I would say craft is not a question of volume. Craft is a question of, at least that's how I understand the the American meaning of craft, is that you build this product with love for it. You know, uh, playing creative around a little bit. We are limited to do this with our purity law. I think we can maybe speak a little bit about it later because that's a very German uh, thing for beer, um, but. Yeah, that's that's what I would would consider craft beer, making it or reopen it finally to creativity after years of being very streamlined. Let me let me chime in here. First of all, new word for you: purity law. We translate that to Reinheitsgebot. Yeah, that's a that's a law five hundred years old. Every okay. German. I'm just going to say purity law. Okay. Right. And, and what what is you said you wanted to talk about it later? Let's talk about well, it now. Go ahead. I think it's it's the time to talk about it now, and because uh, we have only. Two more days till the day of German beer, which is on Sunday, and it's the birthday of the Purity Law. In 1516, the 23rd of April, the German Purity Law was established, and so it's the oldest food law in the world. It's it has been active ever since, and it says that you are only allowed to use malt, hops, and water for beer. Yeast was not known as a component at this time, so because it was finally in the air and um, was not controlled in that process, which it is today. So today yeast is the fourth element. But in Germany, it's a real law. It's a legal obligation to brew like this. And it's also the the pride of the, the German brewers to produce all beers like this. And it's the challenge for us being here um, to work only according to the purity law, but address the more, let's say, the, the broader range customers in in north america expect from beer so for our brewer it's fun of course he can can be more creative can play more uh, let's say with different beer styles but my my limit for us is always the purity law we don't put anything else in so this is your base that you have to stick to so you you, you work around the edges it's it's not only the base it's it's funny it's like a it's the real limits. Yeah, I, I'm ready to to do a lot of uh, let's say trial and error productions, especially as we have smaller batches here, uh, to see what our our guests like. But I'm not ready to do anything which is not purity law. Since 1516. Yeah, it's <laughs> 507 years on Sunday. Oh wow! Considering. Uh 
we have indigenous peoples in this country, obviously, but it, but Columbus hit here in 1492. Um, so, yes. He didn't know about it. <laughs> European culture is very, very, very old. That's, that's historically interesting, and the fact that it is still a thing that is dominant and adhered to is, is interesting. Um, is the Charlotte Brewery the only one in the States? Yes, it is. Okay. It. So, so it's the first? It's our, uh, finally, our first step into the United States. It's, we call it our embassy here. It's, we see it like our, um, the, the place where we make the brand um, touchable, uh, kind of, so that people can, can be in contact with it. And we want to grow from there, going further to, to other places in the future and in the long term also build a production capacity. Can, can we talk uh, market numbers here? Because, I mean... I looked it up. In, in Germany, the group is doing, I think, 800,000 hectoliters in, in market share, which, That's, I don't know, you usually um, compare everything to football fields. I don't know. Do you, in <laughs> liters, probably in bathtubs, right? I don't know. I don't know what that would compare well, to. We, it's funny. The, the, the United States tried to do metric uh, when I was in elementary school back in the 1970s. And the only thing that really stuck was uh, you can buy soft drinks in bottles, in liter bottles, two liter bottles, but we still sell milk by the gallon. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, right. yeah, we don't do meters. We do yards. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a uh, – I don't know what that means when you say all those liters, but it, it's, a, it's a lot of beer. It's a lot of beer for sure. <laughs> so we, we enter again the discussion with the imperial system and the metric system. So um, 117 liters of beer is a barrel, and we call 100 – a hectoliter, which is kind of easier to calculate. But what uh, what we do in Germany, this is uh, in Gilde, Gilde Brewery, we do like 700,000 barrel of beer. In our group, we do 7 million barrel uh, of beer, about 7, uh, 7 million barrel um, with all the other, other breweries. What we do here is still in the thousands of barrels. Uh, and uh, so we... We import a lot of beer, but uh, we have a, let's say the brewery itself is a, is a microbrewery. Right. B because in Germany it's not, right? I mean, in Germany, I mean, all of that, that's not customers coming to a brewery and drinking that beer. That's a lot of private label production, right? So No, it's, uh, um, <coughs> in, we have different, different breweries. Uh, so the, we have two breweries which don't do this, so they are brand breweries, which is Gilda and which is Felschlitz. And we have two other breweries in the group. And when you say the group, you're talking about, is that TCB? It's TCB. Okay, and what does that mean? It, uh, it's an artificial name which we gave to our holding when we established it. <laughs> in, in the United States, that's a common acronym for taking care of business. Yeah, but that's, but that's uh, <laughs> then obviously this was what we had in mind without <laughs> actually knowing it. Um, <laughs> Worked out um, well. So Taking care of beer. So we have, we have these two fields of business. We have our brand business where we have, like here, you know, restaurants and, and all these marketing. And then we have two of our breweries which are focused on contract production, producing for the retail and for other breweries. When did the Charlotte Brewery open? So it opened like a year ago. We, we started in uh, 2022, end of February, after a long time of searching for the right place, delayed by COVID. But we found a very nice place, very happy um, with the location we've chosen. Are you, so are you pleased with what's happened in this year? The growth? Yes. You are? Okay. Yes. Um, where are you from originally? 
So I'm from Berlin. Okay. Uh, and where have you, where has your career taken you? Where have you lived and worked? Where have I lived and worked? Just, so I've, is, is this your first time living in the States? Um, it's the second time. Okay. It's the second time. I've lived already here for a year from 2018 to 2019 when we did our market research. Um, and now I live also in the area of Charlotte together with my family to, to bring the business uh, ahead. So in my career, I've uh, lived a lot uh, in the Berlin area. That's certainly where I was born and, and uh, grew up. But I've worked in many, many different places. Just because of this this industry, because of this industry, and because of what we did before, uh, before we we entered the industry. So um, Mike Gartner and I, we have uh, have established TCB uh, together, um, and we've been in the merger acquisition business. And how have you adjusted to life in the states? How do you like Charlotte? Is it, is it a culture shock or an easy adjustment? I would say it's a very, I don't know if it's right English, livable city. So, um, and it's it's a very nice place. It's a fun place to live. Um, nobody is from Charlotte third generation or even second generation. So everybody's new. That makes it very easy to blend in. <laughs> um, it's also for the kids, for us, it's easy to make uh, make friends, uh, to, um, yeah, to, to be integrated very fast. And it's a very young city. So the average age in Charlotte is 27 years. <clears throat> in Germany, it's 47. And you see it on the streets. And it's making, it's nice weather, friendly, happy people. I would say a, a very dynamic city, Great airport. Obviously a great place to do business for, from the German perspective. Absolutely. Matthias. Absolutely, yes, yes. We mentioned 200 German companies over there. We're having business trips or delegations from the state of North Rhine-Westphalia just next month going to Charlotte. Um, a, a lot of our client base is over there. Yeah, refresh my memory. The GACC South yeah. District includes what? It's North Carolina down to Florida and then in the West including Texas. Plus we have... Bahamas, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and Puerto Rico as regions that belong to our region as well. Didn't find the business plan for that yet, <laughs> but Charlotte definitely. I mean, Charlotte and North Carolina. But honestly, if you look at North Carolina, yes, Raleigh in terms of you know innovation zones, etc., is is top notch. But the German community is definitely at this moment in Charlotte and around Charlotte. Are you learning to love NASCAR yet? Because the Charlotte's the <laughs> Charlotte's a big base for NASCAR operations. You know the the first time I was in Charlotte, um, I didn't know what what to do in the afternoon with the family because it's not a real tourist city. It's a great place to live. It's uh, it's not that rich in tourist attractions. NASCAR Hall of Fame, I think, is number two or three. So we went to NASCAR Hall of Fame with the family and did all these things you can do there: changing tires and so on, <laughs> running <clears throat> running virtual races. And yes, we've we've been to NASCAR races, and it's uh, it's fun. It's not Formula One; they go around in a circle, <laughs> and so it's uh, or oval. It's let's say easier to understand and to to see. Uh, I was just curious about some of the culture shock because uh, uh, you know I've I've worked overseas from time to time on some Olympic work, but never lived long term. And just you know, integrating into a different country and culture is interesting to me. Um, okay, uh, the brewery itself. Uh, I went to your your website. Uh, Describe this to me. People can come in. You have a menu. You have food. You have this is a this is a restaurant with this is a beer place that also serves food. 
I would say we are a full service restaurant. We are a brewery and a full service restaurant. So we have a have a German brewmaster. Um, we produce a part of our beers in, in Germany, a part of our beers here. We have like six six beer types from Germany, ten beer types we've brewed ourselves in Chartered. And um, the kitchen is a German German food-oriented uh, kitchen. We had a German chef uh, creating the menu. Um, and it's a big, you know, the the setting of the brewery is like a big beer tent or let's inside beer garden or a, in, in Germany we would call it drinking hall. It doesn't sound right here maybe, but it's, <laughs> it's a, so, but it's, it allows you a drinking hall. We understand the purpose. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it allows you to stay hydrated, which is very important. And uh, I always tell this uh, to people when they come on Saturdays in and we, we have Stein holdings on Saturday. Yes, I looked that up. I was going to ask you, yeah. what, what is a Stein holding competition? So, so what, what I tell, tell people, when, in, in Germany, it's, we have three elements finally for, for a good, good event. It's to have fun, to stay hydrated, and the third is Gemütlichkeit. And uh, this is what we celebrate. It's like coziness, sitting together, having a party, and, and we, we all sing with the crowd then, and Prosit der Gemütlichkeit, uh, and... Um, after this, I explained them that it is so exhausting to do this uh, all day long because you have to, when you sing this, you stand up and you raise your arm with a stein, which is 5.4 pounds of uh, weight. And when you don't want to do this all evening long, it's exhausting. So we have the sport of stein holding. And we have stein holding contests every Saturday. We'll be the state venue for the North Carolina stein holding competition in October 28th and it's really uh, people love it we have always like 10 ladies 15 gentlemen competing on the stage uh, on Saturdays uh, yeah it's I, a I, I learned about stein holding and all that stuff here in the US honestly you know, because <laughs> we're doing an Oktoberfest in Houston now uh, next October or September maybe even uh, we might do something in in Memphis, uh, Tennessee as well, in that in that direction. And then I, I learned stein holding. I, I'm really not good at it, right? Look at Marv's. Uh, <laughs> so you literally just hold it out until you can't exactly. any longer. Yeah. And the yeah. last one, the last one holding their stein wins. What do they win? So it's uh, it depends. Yeah? So uh, it depends on the contest. So we have a we have a year long contest ongoing, and we bring the the winner and its partner. So the contest started in summer. It ends in summer. Uh, we bring them to Germany to see the brewery to go to Oktoberfest. So it's a it's a nice prize. When you win the competition in the evening, you keep the Stein. You know that's a that's like the small uh, reward you get, but the big one is when you really uh, are the record holder Summerfest. Are, are you doing axe throwing as well? Um, we haven't really considered it because of liability questions. Waiver always waiver. <laughs> <laughs> how how much is is beer? integrated into german culture and life i mean is it just ubiquitous it's just part of who people are um oh, more than the u.s or i would say uh, beer is uh, everywhere you yeah. know it's finally when you and we can we have different legal drinking age uh, so you when you are 16 you go out and start drinking beer and you have a it has changed a bit, but typically you have your brand, the brand uh, which is the brand of your region or of your soccer team or whatever, and you grow up with this 
brand and you drink it uh, with your friends and um when you when you see a german bar or restaurant typically they don't have that many different beer brands they have different styles but in, normally it's one brand so one brewery is present in this uh, in this restaurant and that's what you consume what what i'm wondering i i looked up the per capita consumption per year per inhabitant in germany that's uh, roughly 100 liters which I'm not drinking 100 liters of beer per year. That's, that's just a big weekend for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the, teasing. In the, in the US, it's only 72 liters. Do you see any development in that direction that is increasing? Um, so I don't don't see the German beer consumption increasing. Uh, and it was, I think, up to 150, 160 wow. liters years ago. And it's per capita. It means everybody is counted. Every baby, every. Uh, let's say, every so the pe so 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 there are some people drinking a lot more than. I that. would say <laughs> if you consider half of the people not drinking beer, then you see what is the average consumption of a of a beer drinker. And the German brewers say that uh, a liter per day is a is a normal consumption uh, number, which is, I wouldn't say recommended, but which is. Uh, It is what it Within, is. It is what it is. Well, uh, maybe going down that line, I'm going to mispronounce this because of my American accent. Explain to me, Frühschoppen. Frühschoppen. Oh, that's very. Uh, I what I learned when when we spoke about uh, the different crowds coming into breweries. I learned about day drinking in the U.S. and then we don't have this description in Germany. We call it uh, Frühschoppen, kind of. So you. You go to free shopping, typically on a Sunday, I would say, sometimes Saturday with friends. You start sitting together playing games, card games, uh, speaking about what happened in the week. Many people do this, let's say, every week or every other week, and then you drink beer, but you start, let's say, at 10 or 11 in the morning. So it's it's kind of brunch, but with beer? It's brunch, Without food, because <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, brunch stands for brunch is breakfast and lunch. And, I understand, uh, <laughs> but, but so it's not really brunch if there's no food. Okay, <laughs> no, but 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 when I was when I was young and, and my father went uh, with us to fruit shopping, especially for instance, let's say uh, the Christmas days when my mother was preparing the food. And it was a win-win situation because uh, she had all the time to prepare it. And uh, we went out with our father and came home in a mood which was very appreciating, I would say, of the food. Because if you if you had two beers uh, at 10 or 11 in the morning, then you won't criticize anything. Uh, and So that's one of the upsides of uh, having free shopping. No, but here in, in the US, we, we do it as a, as a way of brunch. <laughs> But do you, is this a regular thing, is like marketed at your brewery? Come by on yes. Uh, so we so we we make it. We call our brunch Frühschoppen, but the the Frühschoppen itself, um, if Shoppen is is not a beer, it's what we would call a wine typically, and it's not speaking about any food in this description. What what's the capacity of your uh, 
of your drinking hall in Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> so of our of our brewery. Yeah, where people can dine and drink beer. So we can have 250 people inside okay. and 150 outside. So also perfect for events. Uh, Absolutely. Private parties, corporate parties. So do you do a lot of that? Is yes, that? yes. And it's um, it's a very nice thing to do because we have a... We have this open setting. We uh, can. We have a stage where people can can stand or, or uh, give a speech. You know, to to make people thirsty and, and hungry. And no, it's a it's a great thing thing for events. We have a lot of events also with German companies uh, coming to see us. So there's the synergy from GACC South when the the businesses support each other. Absolutely, yes, yes. But we we had how many people were there last uh, last time? I think 150 or something. 150. Like that. So, yeah, yeah. And that's that's a good way to to combine transatlantic business. I mean, it doesn't hurt to drink a beer, you know. I mean, it's interesting. I also saw you do Tap Tuesdays. That's just a discounted night. Is that correct for for your? Yes. So of course, you know the there is in every every brewery, bar, restaurant, business, weekends are the easy thing to, to play because everybody wants to go out. Ah. During the week, you need to come with something special, which we have started now uh, to do card games, Skatabend, so that's a German uh, card game, a special card game. I learned how difficult it is again when I teach it uh, to Americans um, <laughs> because you don't... When you start remembering all these rules and you see, oh, that's, I forgot to mention this. <laughs> they get more and more confused. No, but but what, we, uh, what we do is every first and every third Wednesday in the month, we want to do card games for the Germans, but also for the Americans who, who like to understand German culture or to, to have something, something different than just, uh, let's say, trivia. Right, right. So, but but an attempt to find an event on a weeknight to get people into the brewery to have a little fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they 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 could be American now, but they've got a German last name from five generations ago, and they're they're wanting to re reconnect right. to, to, it's to true. the roots. And that's also yeah. something I learned here that people say, "Oh, I'm German," and then uh, you think they are, you know, Germans in the U.S., but they are of German heritage. And right. They, they call themselves like this. Which is nice, huh? so and and uh, a lot of them don't speak German or very very little, or they are too shy to do it. But they they love the German culture and say, "Oh, my grandmother did this, or my mother did this," and then they find the food again or the beer, and right. they are really regulars. Yeah, I think Germ in, in Germany, beer is really a cultural and social institution, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, one of the things that w we had talked about an email prior was how do you, how do you place Gilda in the market? Um, what what's the big key there? Yeah, so so for us, <clears throat> we are a local import, which is something which needs some explanation. Sure. Yeah? So we place it as a Charlotte Craft Beer Brewery mainly, but we bring in also our products from from Germany, and we try to to bring this together yeah, to to show people that we. We, li we live and produce on both sides of the Atlantic, that we are a real transatlantic product. And this is the first step. The goal here is to grow beyond Charlotte. Yes. One, yes. one step at a time. And just overall, uh, I'm not a beer connoisseur, but I certainly appreciate those who are. The various flavors and tastes and, and how, 
how are those created? And is that, do you research what people want and are craving, or do you just come up with something, oh, and then this tastes good, and let's market this? What, what's the the chicken and the egg? What comes first, the consumer's taste or just creating it for them? Both? A, so what I say, in, 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 a, in an industry or in a, which is that old, you have, <clears throat> have a lot of styles defined and uh, like structured beer types and, and many people are familiar with these beer types and they have a certain expectation. So what you always have to do, you have to deliver to these expectations. So you have a set of beers as a German brewer, which you have to have, which is a Pils or a Helles, or you have to have a Weizen beer and a Bock beer. And, and so it's, it's typical beer styles. And beside this, and that's what we mainly do here, we can try the guests. So we, we uh, come with a new product and we try how they like it. Of course, we offer only things which we like ourselves too. Yeah? So we, <laughs> that's, but then you see how, how, how people like it and also, of course, the expectation. If somebody comes to a German brewery, they are not actively looking for IPAs typically, but we have our IPAs. Talking about expectations or requirements, what about FDA? How difficult is that for you guys? So that's, it's easy for beer. You can, can right. import beer. Whenever you have a, have a mixed drink, like a Radler, for instance. Mm -hmm. So for our Radler, we needed FDA approval. Mm -hmm. So you, of course, everything goes to, through TTB first. So you, you need an import uh, permit for, for a beer style. And if this is more than beer, because of a, of a mixed drink, then you need uh, FDA approval. And that mm -hmm. takes some time, but typically uh, it's extra work. Right, to do. right. Working in a brewery, do you feel obligated to sample it every day? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> and that's, it's indeed, it's, it's one of the things which makes uh, beer tasting different. You have to swallow it. Yeah? Because otherwise, wine... Wine tastings, for instance, they, yeah, they spit, it, spit out. it out. Yes, but it's not. You cannot do it for. You can do it for beer, but then the tasting is not complete, because the the taste once you swallow it is it's very important for the bitterness, especially. And that means um, you need a tasting panel which uh, is broad, which is let's say, because in and. Um, If you we, we have to taste all the beers, of course, because you cannot produce and then uh, not taste it and just let, uh, let the customer taste. I just did uh, not know if if, uh, if uh, fru shopping continued into the early afternoon, into the late afternoon, into the early evening. Uh, and it's uh, finally the, uh, the important thing if you if you are a production company is um, so in our production parts in the brewery we have uh, alcohol is totally forbidden. During production and during the day, sure, sure. yeah, yeah. Only you, have for, your, you have your work standards. Yeah, you the work standards, and you have to do it because it's fast-running machines. It's dangerous, yeah? and and you don't want to have uh, people taking important decisions under the influence of alcohol. <laughs> right. Well, I was I was just teasing. What What's your favorite beer? So my my favorite beer is a standard pills. Yeah? So that's how I grew up, and and that's what I typically drink. But I love uh, also uh, if it is a warm day, a nice uh, Hefeweizen. And what I, I really like here is the, the creations our brewmaster Willi does, which are the seasonals based on the fast beer, like our spring bock, the bock beers, uh, which we have. Um, they are stronger, so you cannot not drink two liters of them without being 
let's say, a little bit too far. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, for people who are listening who are in the Charlotte area or who may be going to Charlotte on business or what have you, where are you located? What are your hours? How can people come come try you out? Yeah, so so we are located in what they call Lower South End. It's the the, the address is David Lane or Dewitt Lane. Um, there's the Skellibark station of the Blue Line of Charlotte's famous public transport system, which covers I don't know zero point five percent of transport. Um, <laughs> And uh, our opening hours, so we are open um, on the weekends from uh, from Friday to Sunday. We open at 11 a.m. and we we close late in the evening and the night. And during the week, uh, we are open from 3 to 10. And that is um, something which is only uh, for Tuesday to Thursday for the time being. On Memorial Day, we will start to open also on Monday so that we have a full week of open hours. And uh, is is the beer just available at the brewery or can people buy it elsewhere? The beer is available in retail, but not all the product. Uh, so we have uh, our right, yeah. we have our uh, pills, our Red Rooster, the, the Radler, and our seasonal beer we have in retail. But in the brewery, you get a broader variety. Right, right, right. Uh, many more choices. Uh, okay, Matthias, uh, any final thoughts here as we as we wrap up here? Sure. I mean, if you want to taste the beer, yes, the brewery is fantastic. We're having a lot of Stammtisch in our regions uh, with different ty- types of beer. We also have here in Atlanta, where we're sitting right now, at the Tucker Brewery, a beer tasting event on May the 4th, so... Star Wars Celebration Day as well, right? So um, that's in terms of beers, and we have a beer festival coming up, like our beer fest here in Atlanta. That's going to happen in fall, uh, as I said, Oktoberfest uh, in Houston and most likely also in Memphis, Tennessee. And then right now we're, we're running a lot of delegations, German companies here right now from Berlin here in Atlanta, in Texas as well, uh, beyond plastic, so plastic avoidance, uh, smart city technologies and yeah a, a lot coming up uh, check it out on our homepage www.gsouth.com so pretty much in store for the next weeks and of course for the german listeners again 15th of june we have our annual german american business forum happening in frankfurt in uh, uh, mine in our uh, chamber of our colleagues the domestic chamber of commerce in frankfurt so that's going to be a good one. Okay. Any final thoughts, sir? Yeah, so it's uh, it's uh, to make all the listeners thirsty. So I didn't come empty-handed, so I brought for for, for you guys uh, a special brew. Our brewmaster made for the day of German beer, which is the day after uh, tomorrow to taste. So for everybody who's listening now, you have to come to the brewery to taste beer, but we can do it even after the podcast. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. No alcohol at the workplace here, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. We have to find a workaround right. for that. Uh, well, this is for work, though, the podcast, right? It's for work. Okay. Uh, well, thank you so much. This has been very interesting. We appreciate your time. Um, as always, you've been listening to the GAC South, GACC South Unplugged podcast, a transatlantic conversation with CEO Matthias Hoffman. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Roger Manus with Business Radio X.